0: We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors.
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Never the things you want make you forget the things you have. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend Andrew. Andrew, how are you? And what are you drinking this fine afternoon? For you, morning for me, because time zones are a thing.
0: Yes, Krek Krek, K R I K Uh, It's it's uh, from Cascade Brewing. It's this. Uh, sour ale and so i had some people mm. staying at my place they were helping take care of my cat we were on vacation and he left me a note and he said sour cherry fizz plus alcohol and i wasn't really sure how much i was gonna enjoy sour beer but it's actually just really
1: good huh i think it's a thing now well sour beers are a thing a pretty big mm. thing sour beers are pretty good actually i mean um, for it's me a local- a thing local brewery in Iowa that makes a pretty good sour that always comes into the stores every year. Wait, aren't but, you in Colorado oh,
0: now? We still talk am, about Iowa? I thought Iowa to. was like, who even knows?
1: <laughs> never forget your roots, my mm. friend. The roots you make you. Uh, but I got to say, you know, I had a realization the other night, and I feel a little silly about this, and I might have said as much before, but uh, so I went to this Country Western dance bar with my friends Antonio and Ryan go on. Because Ryan's like into country Western swing dancing, and he's damn good at it, too He's like he's a YouTube channel where you can learn to do it if you want um, Is that where you do see si do there.
0: and stuff? I think like, like, I have your partner by
1: huh, I don't know all the terms so th- this place was weird because it, it's my understanding that most country Western dance bars are like a square like square
0: dance dancing yes you need to dance in the square <laughs> right yeah
1: this place had this weird like wooden oval floor uh it was like a almost like a racetrack and in the middle of it was like a bar area where you could sit down and there was an actual bar you could get drinks and then there's also seating all around it but like on this weird track that's where people were dancing and you had all like the old couples that were basically just doing like your standard two-step you know very like Basic thing, but then there was some there was some really good people and like I'll be honest I'm not super into country music, but the stuff they were doing. I was like damn I would be I would be up for learning how to do some like that kind of stuff maybe with different music <laughs> But anyway long story short, they basically serve like corona there mm. and Antonio goes and gets me a corona with lime in it and i was like I like this more than most craft beer that I drink. (laughs) Like, seriously. Tastes like beach. (laughs) It it tastes good. So I'm here in Colorado, like the hipster craft brewery capital of the world, and that's not a controversial statement at all. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, this Corona is like the best thing I've had all week. (laughs) I will tell you, though, the thing I'm really getting into is cider, and there are some cideries around here. So that's pretty cool.
0: Speaking of cider, what are you drinking, Thomas?
1: Not cider. I'm drinking Lacra. Mm. Pretty much as always because we record in the morning for me. So it's either bubbly water or like coffee or tea. You know me. Hanging out on our drinking money podcast, just not drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Dude,
0: so um, this this topic is like one that uh, I hold like really close. I love – like riffing on this. Yeah. And uh, you came up with an awesome plan. Will you take me by the hand? And I don't leave know
1: if i call it a plan, but it's certainly a list with lots of bullet points, which means value, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, for all of you who are in a financial sinking ship with many holes that need to be plugged up with various bits of debris and uh, detritus, this is the episode for you because we're going to talk about how to plug your spending leaks. Now, for the first part of this month, we've been talking about, I don't know, gratitude, figuring out where you are, where you want to go, and um, just getting motivated to make some financial changes in your life. And how to have those
0: hard conversations.
1: How to have those hard conversations, how to get financially naked. And uh, now that you're financially naked and everything's hanging out, it's time to get to work on your boat.
0: That's right.
1: Or as Nemo would say, the (laughs) butt. So what I want to talk about today is how to figure out what you're spending, um, where you're spending too much. And then we're going to talk about some ideas that you can use for plugging those spending leaks for getting your spending under control. And for, I think figuring out some areas where you might spend money, uh, spend money too much that you're not really thinking about because everyone automatically goes to the Starbucks coffee. Like you're buying lattes every single day. Can't believe you're spending $5 on weird coffee bean water and milk. You're going to, retire in poverty because of that bruh but i think there's some stuff that people do that they don't think about it's a little more insidious
0: and i just want to say before you jump in that uh i i already have a bonus tip for the the end of the episode we haven't given any tips yet but i've come up with a bonus tip
1: okay is that your way of saying i didn't come up with any tips for the episode and i just thought of a tip
0: (laughs) what are you talking about
1: (laughs) it's a One of the tips that I'm going to share in this episode, I took from somebody else, but I will give them their due credit. Mm. So what I wanted to talk about first was like to figure out how you're doing, you know, the whole what like what gets measured gets managed. Peter Drucker quote.
0: I super believe in that.
1: I wanted to propose some strategies for uh, figuring out what you're doing, figuring out like where your spending leaks are and then fixing them like overall habits you can implement into your life. So the first thing that I think you should do, and this is something I've done is sit down and literally like go through your credit card statement line by line. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who like literally reconcile their credit card statement to, it's hardcore. I don't know, something, but whatever other record of transactions they have. Mm. I don't do this. Uh, I do it for my business, of course, because you kind of need to do that for your business when you're accounting. But for my personal life, I just kind of like pull my card out and swipe it I don't even know how many times a day and money goes away. And I think the problem with this is when you are spending money with a debit card or a credit card, you're like your brain doesn't register it as a transaction where you are losing something to gain something. Like you don't really feel that it's a trade right. because nothing tangible is lost when you go get something with your credit card. You feel you know
0: invincible it. when you hand over that plastic and they hand it yeah. back and it's just
1: yeah. Like cerebrally you know at like you know a base level that yes there is an account somewhere that is racking up debt and I have to pay that down at the end of the month and you're going to feel it when you pay it but there's there's one are your lights flickering?
0: No, my, my like, it's, it's distracting my webcam crazy. can't pick up the light so it's like
1: oh okay. Um. I, th- I think you can set like a like a specific exposure instead of letting the auto exposure do whatever it's doing. Like so you look like you're in the set of a horror movie right now. <laughs> Freddy Krueger's just gonna put those little nails around the door frame in just a couple of seconds. You're just gonna hear those little taps in the wall. You can't even see what's behind you. I can. I guess you can see a little tiny picture yourself, right?
0: Yeah, I hope. I hope if someone like comes from behind me with a knife, you'll yell like Andrew save the beer <laughs> i
1: don't know <laughs> throw the beer you might hit him that's right it's <laughs> good
0: now's your chance use the <laughs> bottle
1: yeah but anyway like at, at the end of the month you pay your credit card bill and at that moment you feel the pain of paying off that debt you've acquired but you don't really equate it with the actual act of spending money. oh dude unless I, like, you use debitize unless that- you use debitize and debitize is awesome but it's it's kind of like uh, like your dog poops on the carpet like eight times throughout the month, and then like at the end of the month you yell at your dog, like it, it yes, didn't
0: understand the whole. Yeah.
1: Understand that you were mad at it, and it's not going to feel good about that. But it doesn't equate that uh, it's because it pooped on the carpet. So I think that like you need to go through your credit card statement, and this is like this is the easiest level. Mm. This is like the least amount of involvement investment of time, investment of effort, but just go through and look for patterns. So I went through my credit card statement a little while ago. We talked about this on a previous episode and I noticed like, holy crap, I've been going to Starbucks every single day spending $10, $8 or $9 on a sandwich and a coffee
0: every day. That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Every single day. Holy crap. It's 350 bucks this month.
0: Whoa. (laughs) Like
1: (laughs) a lot of people have that for their grocery budget. A lot of people have than that for their grocery budget and I'm spending it just on the first day on a friggin' breakfast sandwich and a coffee, Mm. you know? Um, so like there you have identified a spending leak. Now you can ask yourself, what habits can I change that will fix this? If indeed, I think this is a particular spending leak that needs to be fixed. And from there, I want to talk about identifying what is just become a habit and what is still enjoyable. I think a lot of people will throw up an objection to like plugging spending leagues, quote unquote. With I enjoy doing that. That's something I like, and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Because, because dude, going to Starbucks and getting breakfast is tasty, and I'm sure I'm sure you enjoy it.
1: But it's it's different to different people, and this isn't just a Starbucks thing. This is any anything that you're trying to evaluate in your life. One person is going to love it, and one person has just like it's become part of their overall routine. They don't think about it anymore. So. Let's say like I was talking to you before we recorded that Mm -hmm. every Wednesday night, me and my new friends here in Denver, we meet at this uh, this brewery or it's any brewery. Actually, basically, the Denver Reddit community has a board game night every Wednesday night. It rotates to different breweries around town. So you get to check out new breweries. You get to play board games. You get to meet new people. It's awesome. And that's kind of like a habit for us now. We go and do it. Mm. But it's enjoyable. We're meeting friends. We're trying new beers. We're playing board games like we love it. Contrast that to buying Starbucks food every single day. Like maybe when I started it, that bacon Gouda sandwich was super tasty and I loved it. And that latte was like the best thing I've ever tasted. But eventually, like a lot of things you just acclimate to over time and you don't realize that I don't actually enjoy this quite as much as I used to. It's just the thing I do.
0: You know, and if you had to choose one or the other because you couldn't have both, uh, I think it's cool to be able to look at it. And objectively say like just because I enjoy the sandwich, being exposed to people playing board games and having fun, like I I prioritize that over.
1: Yeah. Always remember that you're dealing with limited resources and you're trying to contrast your daily habits and what they cost to your long-term goals. So if you've got a long-term goal that's important to you and you're trying to save money for that but you're also trying to balance that savings with – Um, you know, going to breweries and playing board games or spending money at Starbucks, you have to ask yourself, like, do I enjoy Starbucks enough to keep doing that and to keep sacrificing $350 a month uh, that I could be putting into my travel fund Mm. or my kid's college fund or something? I'm not telling you to not go to Starbucks and buy your latte. What I am telling you is every habit you have has a certain degree of just it's what I do because it's what I've always done and it has a certain degree of I truly enjoy this and value it. So identify the ones that you value more than, uh, the ones that are just habits and then cut the ones that are just habits or try to find replacements for them that are healthier or that cost less money. So from there we get into some more intense territory. And the first thing I'm going to suggest for you is to get yourself a little moleskin notebook throw it in your back pocket and write down every dollar you spend. Hmm. So this is just expense journaling. And there are people who do this religiously. There are people who like, this is their budgeting method. Um, I'm, I'm not suggesting you always do this, but if you perceive that you're spending a lot of money, but you're having trouble getting it under control, one thing you can do is turn every expense into an event that requires your attention and your implicit acknowledgement that you are spending money. Because again, when you have the credit card, The actual act of spending money can become um, like secondary to whatever you're doing. It can become like kind of back of mind. It's just like you're at the restaurant. Yeah, we just we go to a restaurant. I just hand the guy my card and it comes back and I do the math in my head for the tip and whatever. But if you have to pull out a little notebook and write, okay, I just spent $48 including tip on ramen or I just spent $96 on groceries and why is it $96? Oh, it's because I bought two cases of beer and I really wanted this super fancy dark sea salt chocolate with caramel in it, which you clearly need to buy. I mean, why wouldn't you buy of that? Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but when you, if you go like say for a month doing this, you're going to much more easily identify patterns and habits and outliers things that you're like that doesn't make sense why do I buy that so often or why you know, did I buy that the first time
0: and to, to add to that like I have this friend who constantly texts Laura and is and like sends her a thing and it's like she asks like do I need this or should I get this and I think that if you have to ask oh, yeah. like the answer <laughs> should always be no like uh-huh. it's, it's definitely not necessary and even if it's ten dollars like uh, you know a few of those ten dollars adds up
1: I don't know if it's always a no, but it's definitely something you should think about harder yourself Mm. because Anna will do this with me. She'll be like, Tom, should I buy this thing? And I never know because it's it's like some weird craft thing that I don't understand like mm-hmm. some weird acrylic paint solution for painting doll faces or something. And I'm like,
0: like googly
1: eyes? Have, yeah, it's just googly eyes. <laughs> you know, she's making these really sophisticated painted doll faces and then just slapping some googly eyes <laughs> on like <or> something. <laughs> and I don't know, because I'm like, I don't really know if there's a good alternative to that or anything. This isn't my hobby. But if you're asking me, then maybe you should think a bit harder about it. Mm. Uh, And if you don't want to do this with a paper notebook, and I understand not wanting to carry around a paper notebook, there is an app on iPhone called Spending Tracker. And Spending Tracker is also on Android, but I did notice that the reviews in the Google Marketplace were like not quite as great as the reviews in the iPhone Marketplace. So maybe it's not quite as good in Android. Um, And there is an app called Expense Manager in Android that had really good reviews. So there definitely are smartphone apps that you can use. But the principle here is to manually track your expenses because you can use things like Mint to automatically I was pull in your transactions. But then
0: you almost don't worry about I, it or think about it.
1: Yeah, I, like I mean, Mint's great, but how is Mint a whole lot different than your credit card statement? Mm. Sure, it's got the budgeting tools and it will like intelligently show you like what percentage of your money is going towards different categories. It's and for like hindsight you set analysis. Up. That's it's, fine. It's but, not
0: for like what you're doing yeah. at this moment.
1: It doesn't force you to acknowledge the expense and the event as it happens. And that's what you're trying to accomplish here. So, and then there's the last thing which is like if you really are just, you know, money's going out the window in every direction and you can't get it under control, go cash only for a while. Mm. Because that is the ultimate way to truly make every transaction feel like a true trade.
0: And where if you, you have must get dollars up. to spend in this one week and you withdraw <laughs> it and carry it uh, And you're halfway through the week and you have like barely anything left like I'm it, it pretty sure
1: that uh, I Think my mom does the the envelope method hmm. She literally keeps cash envelopes in her purse and when she goes to the grocery store She pulls money out of the grocery envelope and when she pays off I don't know whatever other bills she goes into that envelope and obviously you can't pay everything in cash but hmm. I think this is going to be like the objection a lot of people bring up like, well, you can't pay your rent in cash. They don't let it, you don't let you submit cash. You can't pay your water bill in cash. Yeah, but your fixed expenses are not the problem here. They aren't your spending leaks. But you're paying for
0: water regardless.
1: Yeah, I'm okay. so some of them are going to be spending leaks, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, like your rent is your rent, and if you know your rent's too expensive, then you can make a decision right now to start looking for a cheaper apartment or a cheaper house or whatever.
0: Okay, I I can't hold back my bonus tip. My bonus tip is your rent is your rent is too damn high. Uh, (laughs) You're paying too too damn high. You're paying too damn much. Like. I think uh, everyone will get in there. And look, I think it's really valuable to get into the weeds because quite a lot is spent in the weeds. Mm -hmm. Um, But your rent is likely your single biggest or your mortgage, your single biggest cost. And most people are paying like far more than necessary. So one decision there could save you, you know, an equivalent of nitpicking little things.
1: Yeah. And when it comes to rent, so the one thing I'll say is often you're told that you shouldn't spend any more than like a third of your income Mm -hmm. on your rent or your mortgage. Um, in my opinion, it's, it's a quarter. I like that. I think a a third is an astronomical amount, but I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinion on this, but I really think a quarter is a better number if you can, if you can swing it. The other thing is,
0: and I'll say that it should be a lower percentage as your income gets higher. Yeah. Say compared to like the national average, where if you know you're making fifty, and I think that's about the national average, like maybe mm-hmm. a third's appropriate because where you live, like you're not really going to be able to get a place yeah. for less. Uh, no, but-
1: I'll say I just moved a month ago, so I've had this on the brain. And when I when I was looking for apartments, I actually had a list in Evernote that. Listed out all the things I wanted in an apartment and it actually prioritized them but The one thing I'll say now is like if you're if you're in an apartment or in your house and you're not thinking about moving Start to think critically about the things that you really enjoy about that place Mm -hmm. Because when you're actually looking for a new apartment It's really easy to get wrapped up in the amenities that you don't actually use but that seem really ritzy and cool So I'm in this Are you speaking from experience Thomas? No, um, and I want to put it right up front, like number one, I'm paying much more in rent than I have ever paid before, but I am super happy with my place. I love it. And I am hundred percent willing to pay the cost of what it, it is. Like I, it's fine because I love my view. I love the space I have. I love the concrete walls I have. Like there's a lot about this place that I freaking love. But there's also a lot of amenities that if they weren't there, I wouldn't care. Like there's a little business area where I could go down with my laptop and work and they have like provided computers you can go down and work on. Um, There's like a there's a pool with a hot tub, which is cool, but like objectively, I don't use it that much. So if I was living in a place where I actually made the decision to come here because of those, like then I would be overpaying for my rent. So think about like what what are you paying for that you don't use, and could you get what you truly enjoy about where you live in some a place that was cheaper? Mm. So for me, like I, another reason I moved here is because I wanted to be around what's around here. I wanted to have like close walking access to stuff. But I, I, I have friends sp- who don't care about that. I want to speak you value. If
0: that if that is an option and you can afford it, I, I think. Take that above all, because you will walk, and that will just make you healthier. Yeah. But if that is not an option or not something you can afford, I guess the point I'm trying to make is: what's ten minutes versus fifteen minutes? You know, versus like eighteen minutes if you're driving, anyways. You it's a know. Big deal. For- <laughs> <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> fine, fine. I totally Thomas. get what you mean. I totally get what you mean, yeah. and uh, I I have noticed like online researching for moving. There's this general feeling like if, if I'm going to move to a city, I better be in the middle of everything and people will overextend when it comes to rent to get into the cool neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, that reminds me. So one of the tips, because I was going to get to a section in this episode where I'm going to talk about like specific things to stop buying. And uh, one of my tips comes from a YouTube channel called The Financial Diet. And I, I would say The Financial Diet is probably the biggest personal finance channel on YouTube with the possible exception of the Dave Ramsey show. Like I don't, there's not a whole lot in personal finance on YouTube. Um, and if Andrew had like unlimited time, I think he would be making more videos, but, uh, they had a video called like 10 things you should stop buying. And I'll, I'll tell you guys the one that I had listed earlier. But one thing she, she did mention in the video that I forgot about was expensive neighborhoods. Because mm. she had this experience of like moving to a new city, you always talk to people, and they're like, "Hey, he, these are the cool neighborhoods." Like in my in my uh, instance, would be like, "Oh, Capitol Hill's cool," or like Lodo's cool, or Five Points is cool. She moved there; That's where cool people are. Yeah. And I don't want to make a blanket statement about people in general, but what she said in the video is like, in general, those cool neighborhoods, quote unquote, are going to be filled with assholes. Mm. because a lot of rich people move there or a lot of like hipster people move there who are like overly pretentious or they're super entitled and that's why they move to the cool hipster neighborhood so like go where the real people are go where like teachers and firefighters and you know people like that live Mm. um and you know i don't i'm not gonna like get behind the whole asshole statement 100 percent but I will agree that just because a neighborhood in a city is trendy or cool or ultra gentrified doesn't mean that it's necessarily better than other neighborhoods. And living in I, – I live pretty close to a pretty ritzy area of Denver. I don't live right in it, but I live like pretty close to it. And I see a lot of like people in Lamborghinis driving like maniacs really entitled here. That's ridiculous. Like that's definitely a thing. So yeah. – like, I think that you could definitely be in maybe a less expensive area and still be very happy. It's just maybe like the coffee shop around the corner doesn't have the 7 million Yelp reviews from people with degrees from Stanford being like, this is the only place where I get my tea chai. Bleh. You know,
0: <laughs> I feel like you see like a Lamborghini or you see that it's either like people who are super freaking poor or just super insecure.
1: I don't know. I, I, I got to tell you, though, it's freaking weird. Mm. Uh, I think I saw Lamborghini once during my entire 25 years in Iowa, and I see them all the time here. So like, a just, on the way to it's lunch. It's so weird. There. It's Yeah, freaking like, like just driving around this whole that? neighborhood of Denver and someone's just driving around a freaking Lamborg- uh, yeah, Lamborghini Diablo, and I'm like, I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Um, one spending leak you can plug is – Is the compulsion to move into the trendy neighborhoods because you can be just as happy and maybe a little less trendy neighborhood Mm. you know if it's your value go to the trendy neighborhood I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your life man I ain't dead but it could be a leak (laughs) so the next thing I wanted to talk about was to search for habits that trigger hidden expenses and what I mean by this is what I mentioned earlier, everyone always goes to the easy example of the Starbucks latte. Every single morning you go in, you hand money to the cashier, you swipe your credit card. Or in my case, you pull out that little app, which makes it even less of a thing mm. in terms of like feeling like you're losing something. Um, but there are things you do that result in expenses and you just like, you don't even think about them for like one
0: going and getting food you, at work. Like
1: just, well, so yeah, that's it. a big thing. Um, and I'm going to mention food, but first I wanted to mention, do you poorly plan out your errands? And by that, do I mean like you get home every day and you realize, crap, I need command strips to hang this picture. So you drive out to the store and you buy those. You come back and the next day you're like, oh, man, I need groceries. So you drive on, you buy those, you come back. So you're wasting a ton of gas doing that. You're just going all over town. So instead – just have like one day a week that's like your maintenance day where you go get all your errands done you do all your maintenance tasks on your house it's going to make you more efficient but also you can just add all your errands to a list and then maybe like say it's sunday you go out and you have a good plan you go out to every single store you need to go to you get everything you buy your groceries you come back it's all done
0: you plot your route like a ups truck and you only make right turns you
1: only make right turns exactly <laughs> yeah and you can only drive at twenty nine point six miles per hour because that is the efficiency peak uh, graph, whatever curve thing for fuel consumption. And if you go any faster than that, your boss is going to fire you. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but seriously, like I, I used to be like this. I would come home and be like, oh, I need this and just run out and get it. Mm. But you're going to wasting a lot of gas doing that. So and a lot of time to be honest. Like, and you how might much
0: not you really spend? need it, and you might not buy it if you didn't get it now. Like if you had That's to get so, it on yeah. Sunday and it's Monday, um, mm-hmm. maybe you just don't get it.
1: Yeah, or or just wait a couple of days and get it on Amazon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> There you go. I hate waiting for stuff though. I go to Target too much because I'm just like two days. That's stupid. Do you want Prime? Where's, where's Amazon drone delivery? I have Prime. That's two days. Oh, Prime one day for you?
0: Yeah, I mean maybe it's because Manhattan
1: or whatever. Well, it probably is because Manhattan. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, Denver things, isn't cool enough for that.
0: If you're on the island, some things you can get in an hour. That I guess, makes Like sense. basics and stuff.
1: But. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure that Amazon's got distribution centers in Manhattan, uh, just like hidden underneath, I don't know, shops and subway stations that are closed. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one I wanted to mention though. Is how much food do you throw away? Because I found a study from Reuters that said that Americans throw away about half of their food. And I don't know, I know if you've I'm, seen I'm, me lately. I finish everything. <laughs> do you? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing misses well, know, my like, mouth. I've been guilty of. I'll go to the store. I'll buy food. I'll maybe be impulsive. Be like, hey, I want to make this thing, and you know, then uh, it doesn't get made, so it has to get thrown away eventually. So. If you're spending 100 bucks a week on groceries and you're throwing away half of that, mm. what could you be doing with that 200 bucks a month?
0: So do like, you and Anna cook most of the days? Like over 80%?
1: We aspire to, but no.
0: So, okay, so how much <laughs> do, you, do you cook? Percentage, just pull it out uh, of your house. I would say probably about 50-50. Oh, okay. Oh, Well, I mean you're in Denver. You just moved there, so you're like – yeah, definitely. Like,
1: we're trying to get into uh, better cooking habits, but yeah, because we just moved in and friends have been like inviting us to go do things a lot. Um, we've been eating out a lot more than than we plan on doing. So but okay, then so, this week we spent um, like an hour and a half making a huge fucking lasagna, mm. and that has lasted us like a few days now. So we've had meals for days off that thing, and it's delicious. So so it, we're gonna do when you were in that.
0: Iowa, you you ate home most days, right? Yeah. So how much would the just the two of you spend on groceries?
1: I have no idea. All I know is uh, when we were in Iowa like I bought most of the groceries and then when Anna and I, would, and I would go shopping together I might like pull out a few things and be like all right you buy these things. Mm-hmm. But like I I have no clue how much I spend on food at so all.
0: I was talking to Laura so before be this
1: episode <laughs>
0: just like about the episode and, uh, she was saying we spend about like a hundred a week, maybe a little bit less on groceries and we go out like one or two days a week. Uh, and you know, like we get like really high quality stuff, like we get like steaks yeah. some days or whatever. And, uh, just like that week's worth of groceries is like, uh, I don't know, two thirds of one night going out. And, uh. Yeah, If you could just add That's one more night know, a week at, of like eating at home and maybe make it like fun. Like, you know, what? instead of like your meal being like five dollars for the two of you, make it like twenty dollars for the two. If you make something sick and you'll still save, you know, and you kind like meet yourself halfway.
1: Oh, yeah. Another one of the spending leaks that she talked about in that video was uh, drinks with dinner. And more specifically, the obligatory drink with dinner, because I think a lot of people get a little older and they just like they go out to a restaurant. And it's kind of just assumed, like, okay, I'm gonna get a drink. Why are you looking at me? But that, well, I just am always looking at you because <laughs> why do you think we use video, Andrew? You're just so cute. Um, you know, like in Manhattan, say mm. a drink's what twelve bucks minimum, unless it's a beer. Yeah, yeah it's so expensive. twenty four dollars plus tip is uh 2880 so damn near 30 bucks for just two drinks is tacked on top of your meal yeah and that's like the obligatory thing to do so i mean what if you just went out for dinner you just got food with like water and then you came home and you opened up a bottle of wine that costs nine bucks each of you have a glass of wine you have half or the find bottle a byo over. place there you go or find a byo place yeah mm-hmm. i forgot that's a big thing in new york uh so just like think about like what what again what is obligatory what's a habit and what is really valuable to me mm. so the couple of ideas i have for not wasting so much food number 1 is to get serious about meal planning so say sunday you sit down you plan out all the meals you're going to make that week you actually plan out like okay realistically we're probably going to eat out two nights this week or maybe you have plans to go out to a restaurant so okay i got to make three meals or four meals so then you go to the store you buy what you need for each meal and when you're there, try to think about making meals that share common ingredients, especially the ingredients that are going to go bad and that you can't really buy in a single meal's worth. So like uh, one thing that I find myself throwing away a lot is like bell peppers mm-hmm. because we'll use half a bell pepper for a recipe and then we didn't use the other open, half. It so it's like, goes. well, crap, it's, it's produce. It's going to go bad. So now um, I just throw through. I throw. I throw. Well, I mean, you can put it in Ziploc, but it's still going to go bad pretty soon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now I just dice up the bell pepper and dice up onion. I keep that in the fridge and every single morning I throw that into my breakfast burrito. So I can always use leftover bell pepper for my breakfasts, or we can do two recipes with bell pepper. And then the other thing is stop being lazy about your food. And I know this feeling so well. You like get done with work for the day or you come home from work if you have a full time job and you're like. The last thing I want to do is cook dinner. Yeah. And more specifically, the last thing I want to do is spend a lot of time cooking dinner and the last thing I want to do is clean the kitchen to be able to cook dinner. So a couple things you can do to make that a little easier. Number 1, clean your kitchen every night after you're done no matter what. Just get it done and if you're thinking like, hey, I'm going to watch this TV show and it's going to end like right at bedtime, maybe don't watch that because you need a little bit of time to clean your place up. And it's always bed. worse
0: if you wait because then it like cakes yeah. in. And you have to like get on. a Brillo out and stuff.
1: Sucks. Yeah. So what I do is I try to cook intelligently and I will actually try to take little bits of time where there's nothing to do to wash something. Mm. So hopefully by the end of me cooking, I actually already have half the dishes done. And then the dishes that need to be done after that maybe are just like one pan and the plates can go in the dishwasher anyway. And the other thing is uh, batch prep. So so you got a couple of recipes coming up this week that need diced onions and uh, diced peppers. Dice it all up in bulk on Sunday, right when you get home from the grocery store you're standing in the kitchen, grab that knife, dice that stuff up. That way, when it comes time to make your recipe, yeah, maybe you got to dice up your ginger because that's something that doesn't keep as well. But all your other produce is ready to go. You throw it in the pan. You know, it's much easier, takes much less time. So whatever you can do to reduce that friction is going to help you fight against the decision to say, fuck it. We'll just not make food. We'll go out. And also one little mental hack that helps me is I'll often have the urge to go out for dinner. Cause I'm like, it's going to take so long to make dinner. Let's just go out. And go then ahead. I think how long is it going to take to travel to the place that I'm going out to dinner? Cause like if it's a, 10 minute drive each way like that's 20 minutes of driving and I don't like a drive and you might have to wait for a seat yeah I mean at at the at the restaurant you're having fun you're enjoying yourself but if it's 20 minutes of driving versus 20 minutes of food prep I don't like either one but one of them is going to cause me to not waste my food and one of them will Mm. so that is helpful all right so now I'm going to finally get to the tip from the financial diet that I said I was going to tell you guys. So we talked about trendy neighborhoods, talked about one other the thing. Um, the thing I that stood out to me from that video was to stop buying fast fashion. And I think what she meant by this was like H&M and all those stores where the clothes are like sort of cheap. But you kind of know they don't last very long. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've looked into the business models of these these things like. Those clothes are basically made to not last very long. And I have started to notice every time I go into like Express or Buckle or any of these stores, the jeans seem to be made out of like thinner and less durable material every single time I go in there. And it's under the guise of a little bit of stretchiness mm-hmm. like, oh, these jeans fit better because we put a little bit of stretchiness in there. But like if you feel the material, that material's not good quality, tough denim. Right, it's right. like it's like. A token amount of denim and then just like random bits of lint and dryer sheets just sewn together and then dyed, And then they have somebody go like beat it with a whip and like a I don't know, a knife. to pre-distress your jeans and then they throw it through an acid wash to make it look all cool but by the time like you've had them for six months they melt off of your pant of your legs and you gotta go buy new ones <laughs> Oh like, my that's God. God. <laughs> what
0: what <laughs> pants are you buying i'm just kidding but sounds terrible like, like
1: they're they're not good they're not like really good quality and the same with like shoes so like ask yourself yeah, you don't want to buy a $150 pair of shoes right I'm now. You me fifty bucks. somebody getting whipped <laughs> wearing some jeans that – Yeah, uh, basically like there's probably people who work for these companies who just like sit around in a BDSM dungeon all day getting whipped with the jeans on. And then they pull the jeans <laughs> off, pull another pair on, and that eight-hour shift of that pretty much. It's a
0: pretty solid job, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. especially when like, you're into that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Um, but seriously, like a 50, like a $50 pair of
0: shoes. (laughs) someone, someone, you know, catches you in one of these places. Like, what are you doing here? Like distressing my jeans.
1: (laughs) 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 They're setting you on fire. It's just a (laughs) distressing method. You know, you got to have a little bit of that soot look on there. That's right. Basically, you want to look like you're a chimney sweep without being a chimney sweep. Yeah, pretty much. That's beneath you, but you want to look the (laughs) part. Seriously, though, like say you spend $50 on a pair of shoes or you spend 75 bucks on a pair of pants and lasts you six months top. And you know, you're back in there buying another $75 pair of pants, $50 pair of shoes over time. That's going to add up to a lot more than you would spend on a real good quality pair of jeans or pair of shoes. Hmm. So I'll bulk it spending 150 bucks on shoes. But if those shoes are going to last me two years or three years, I'm spending less because I will destroy a cheap pair of shoes. Yeah. yeah. But on the flip side, I do want to give a counterpoint to that tip because every time I go on a a place like um, male fashion advice on Reddit or I'll talk to my friend Antonio, at real Men real style, or like Aaron, um, they're like way on the other side where they're like, man, you got to invest, you got to pay Three hundred and fifty bucks for Allen Edmonds shoes. Like if you're gonna buy a good pair of oxfords, it's like three fifty minimum, mm. and it's easy That's to get crazy. caught up in because it seems like it seems like the counterculture, like really you know old timey values argument. Uh, it's like the the antithesis to the crappy fast fashion BDSM dungeon pre distressed jeans culture. But ask yourself. How often am I going to wear a nice pair of Oxford shoes? Because if I put on a suit and a pair of Oxfords once every six months, then I could pay $150 for a pair of Oxfords that look just as good as the Allen Edmonds. No one's going to know. And because I only wear them every six months, they're going to last me years anyway.
0: I just can't even imagine spending like over I don't know one. I can imagine dress shoes spending like one hundred and fifty, like you know, three hundred and fifty dollars. Holy shit! I mean, I I kinda of wear of them on their feet and you drag them across the ground. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I've learned a bit about like good quality shoe construction versus bad shoe construction. So, like, given a certain context, I could understand it. Mm. If you need to look sharp every single day. You work at an investment bank or something, you're gonna wear those every single day. And yeah. Okay, if you're sp- you know.
0: seeing clients that are dropping X right, thousands, like millions with your bank, then yeah, you have to look like money.
1: So again, it's it's you gotta think about what is my particular use case? What do I need it for? Do I even right, right. need that level of quality? Um, it's The same thing with like, this is a, something that happens in Colorado a lot. People move to Colorado and they think I need a four wheel drive car because there's mountains up there and that's the thing I'm supposed to do. So they go mm. and they sell their car and they buy a four wheel drive Subaru and they spend all this money and then they never drive off road ever in their entire lives. Mm. They spend all their time driving on nice, smooth paved roads that are well maintained. And they just crush and, gas and yeah, they crush gas, but they're also, yeah, I mean it's a less efficient type of car for that kind of driving. And uh, you didn't need to get rid of your previous car in the first place. Whereas you could just buy a nice set of winter tires if you're going to go driving up in the mountains, still on roads in the winter. And if you don't go to the mountains, then who cares what you have? As long as you have a nice, good front wheel drive car with good tires, you're going to be fine. But people get sold on, well, this is better than this. So obviously you should have this. And they don't even think about like, do I need that? Will I use that? It's more just like, well, I have it in case I need it.
0: Mm.
1: And, and you never needed it. So what do you need? Next couple of things. Actually, these are, this is the last of my stuff. So <laughs> if you want to continue after that, you'll have to actually come up with some stuff of your own. Um, <laughs> the second one is lazy friend outings. And by that, I mean uh, if you have friends who just like automatically default to going out to get drinks to hang out. That is a lazy form of hanging out that costs you a ton of money mm. and you're being unimaginative. So why not go hiking or go to a meetup or go like I, I've i just gone to the Facebook events thing. And now that I live in a big city, there's like hundreds of events, a bunch of them that are free that I could go to. Or you could go to the farmer's market or you could play Mario Kart or like Jackbox pack, uh, games at home for free. Like. Yeah, I'm just saying if, if you constantly just do like the baseline easiest thing, meet up for drinks with friends, you're spending a lot of money and you are leaving a lot on the table for what you could be doing. You could be doing really fun things. And lastly, uh, and this is like a general tip, but with your hobbies or with things that are fun, go deep rather than go shallow. And I realized I, I wrote that backwards on the notes.
0: Shallow instead of going (laughs) deep. Yeah.
1: So what I mean by that is because we have a consumer culture, it can be really tempting to buy the latest flashy thing, and then you play with it for a while, you do it for a while, and then you go buy the next thing. Mm. And I'm guilty of this. Like, take video games for example. I bought Battlefield One for sixty bucks, and I played it for like two hours, and then I bought Near Automata for like sixty bucks, and I played it for like two hours. So. 30 bucks an hour is what I've gotten out of those games. On the flip side, I paid 40 bucks for Overwatch and I put 120 hours into that game. Wow. You know, of the like, most fun hours of gaming I've ever had except for like DDR probably. And I paid 60 bucks for the new Zelda game and I put 90 hours into that. Cause I went deep on those games. And of course there's a certain element in like these games are more fun than those games or that may be better for me. But I know that I have a tendency to get really excited about a new thing And I don't even think about all the other things I already had that I've really only scratched the surface with. Mm. And I think a lot of the enjoyment that you're going to get with a hobby or with a relationship or with anything is it comes out of spending some time, like quality time, getting invested in it, learning the nuances. And, you know, when you're just spending a ton of time spending or spending a ton of money on every single new thing, giving it a token amount of time and moving on to the next thing. That's a huge spending leak and you're never really getting the full potential out of that thing you bought in the first place. Yeah. Now, I can't give a ton of examples because it's this is like everything basically.
0: <laughs> I, I basically play like one game and I bought it like ten years ago.
1: You still play Han?
0: Yeah, Han. I yeah. just Yeah, I talk about knowing the nuances. Like yeah. I I just random any character and I'll crush
1: the shit out of you. Exactly, and that that's like where a lot of the fun comes out of. You know, like I, I played so much DDR as a kid. Like I I under I knew step charts to the point where I could turn around and do it backwards. Like that's where a lot of the fun comes in. Everyone's like, "Go, of, go, Thomas!" Yeah, sure. <laughs> and like a lot of the fun, or like skateboarding, a lot of the fun mm. of something comes in being competent at it, yeah. having skill at it, especially with a game and if you don't give it any time you never build that so no one really wants like to get
0: their ass whipped
1: by a 12 year old over the internet yeah exactly yeah. well you that's gonna happen anyway actually yeah have nothing better to do they're probably gonna go get a, your ass. Yeah. go get a job timmy <laughs> that's right you're 12 it's time to go to the coal mines mcdonald <laughs> is hiring yeah all right so that that's it for me um We've covered a lot of stuff in this episode. Hopefully it's at least given you some ideas for how to plug your own spending leaks. And if you've got additional ideas or additional questions for us, or you just want to tell us that our metaphors and examples are the stupidest things you've ever heard in your life, (laughs) uh, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com is our email address. So check that out. And you can also find our favorite resources over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And uh, anything new with pro, Andrew?
0: uh been releasing things and stuff um no i think that in june we may be announcing some stuff but uh cool. right now uh adding features okay and uh i mean look if if you want to analyze rental properties um go sign up protolist dot com, and uh you'll there's like a 14 day free trial so check it out
1: sweet Well, I think that about covers it. So thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for enduring our stupid jokes and examples. And we will see you in next week for our final week of Money May. Uh, Until then, stay cute. Later, man. Later, dude.